welcome to Harker Meets Humans. I'm here with Alexa Casino. Are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. DJ Snake Legs. That's me. <laughs> it's really nice to have you here. It's nice to be here. Thank you so yeah. much. I think I think the first time I listened to your music was bef- just before I asked you to be on the 2022 days. True. Yeah, because when they announced the lockdown and the level, like this first lockdown and then level four and I was like, well, okay. And then all the people that I had asked who were like, oh, I've got a gig on that weekend. I've got the thing. Had started messaging me, but like, well, got nothing on now. Can I do the two days? And I thought, well, I could probably ask like a whole bunch of people now. And I don't know where I found your music, but I really liked it. It was such a weird mix of ambient, but not ambient. And then like electronic, but also like not all the usual electronic tropes. True. How is that like, and then I kind of, the more I've gotten to know your music at, it seems like you put a lot of time and like thought into what is going to be the end product at not product, but like, you know what I mean? Like is yeah. so is, is, is it, is it kind of like that because it's, you're always evolving and growing. So your music is probably like in the gray area all the time. Is that kind of fair? I'm trying to like, I don't know where, where does it come from? Where does this Alexa casino mystery electronic music vibe come from? Look, I just try to make Rihanna songs and it doesn't work out for me. <laughs> it just, it never works out. I'm like, I want to make a Rihanna song and it just doesn't turn out that way. Right. But what comes out, comes out, I guess. Like me tries to make an upbeat kind of song. I tried to make an upbeat song for that two days thing and... <laughs> I don't know if anyone's heard it, but it's ambient. It um, is ambient. The like the the womb song featuring womb uh, stars. Yeah, that's mo- I would say that's moderately upbeat. Yeah, especially for an Alexa Casino tune. That's true. I I think it's kind of fifty fifty. My stuff upbeat and like asleep. You know, <laughs> upbeat and asleep. Well, like most of my unreleased stuff is pretty asleep and I've just been trying to like breathe energy into it before I release it Mm. type thing just because I'm like it's kind of more fun to do upbeat stuff live um than the sad stuff and I'm probably in a better mental health space now than I was when I wrote all of my music Mm. so yeah I think the thing I do is I write songs and then two years later I finish them. Yeah. And, hey, they're better songs now than they used to be. And it's what works for me. But also I'm, it's real hard for me to write new songs. Is, um, that, is, that, cha- is that still the case now or is that like been changing? Yes. <laughs> it's still the case now. Yeah, I'm really – I kind of realise that I really like – kind of finishing other people's songs now. Uh-huh. And like or like when I get given things to work with and I don't have to start a thing, I'm real good. But me trying to start a thing is like 
something it's like starting an essay you know like it's hard and I can't do it easily is that the same with the finishing aspect as well or or once you those two years go by and then you come back to the track would do you then smash just smash it out or is it just as kind of long for you it kind of depends like I think I'm I'm a huge believer in like sleeping on your music and like just letting it sit for a couple months, coming back to it and then, you know, you just make it better. Because mm. like I really rushed my first EP because um, <laughs> someone asked me to put on a show as a release party and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's like three months away. It'll be done. And then it came to like the gig day and I'm like, well, it's done. <laughs> And then, like, three weeks later, I'm like, I hate all of these songs. Because you, like, redid a couple of them, eh? Well, not redid, but did you not rework some of your versions, make some new versions of some of the EP, or was it a different release? No, not that EP. No, never. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay, well, that was I could be remembering wrong. Completely imagining things. Don't trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) No one should trust me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, did you do you did some when you say like working on other people's stuff is it because it's already been started or is it because it's not an Alexa Casino track so you can kind of just like do whatever with it or like is it a combination of both probably a combination of both it kind of like pushes me outside my boundaries and I don't know, it's fun, like, like say, working on Polly Hill stuff. That made me a way better producer. Like, you kind of learn to look at songs in a way more critical way than you could if you wrote the song. Mm. Um, and I think I'm really good at it, and I think I'm better at that than I am at, like, starting my own stuff. So, yeah. What is – why – why have <clears throat> Alexa Casino then? Is there, a re- is there something that you can't get, say, working on a polyhill or finishing other people's stuff that you need the Alexa Casino thing for? Well, it's always been Alexa Casino. It's all I've done. Mm. I've never been in a band or anything. I've, that's all I had, really. <laughs> it's all I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, a couple of years ago I started, you know, working on music with other people, which is, like, sick because I never thought I'd be that bitch. Like, I always mm. thought, I'm a lone wolf. Yeah, right. But I live in Auckland now and I like collabing. You've got friends. I have friends. <laughs> Maybe. Do you like collabing? In the, are you comfortable with, like, being in the room and collabing and, and working on things? Are you more like I'd rather take – bits away and work on them myself then show to the group yeah probably right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i don't know i don't like work real fast and i get flustered with other people and i I can do it but like i think i yield better results when i'm doing it by myself Mm. so maybe yeah right and you're hard maybe a hard maybe the strong maybe some would say strong maybe (laughs) not quite a probably do you not have, probably not. Do you have artists in 
in, a, in New Zealand or, or that you would be like, oh, this, I think this shit that's happening right here is tight. I'd kind of love to either like make stuff like this or, or be involved in, in stuff like this. Like where's, where's your like, where do you gravitate to and what's happening right now? I think all my friends are real talented mm. and it's just like, I would say all of them. The Polly Hills. Yeah, the Polly Hills, the Amoogies. I really like the stuff Tay's been working on as well. Tay is underrated. Absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. Where's the Tay hype? I don't know. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. Like, you know, it's maybe it's like one of those things like you're not talented. I'm not, no, I'm not friends with you because you're talented. You're friend. I'm you're talented because I'm your friend. <laughs> oh, you're the you're the connecting. You're the that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you're the common thing between all these people. True. It is true. And now I don't think I'm involved enough with people to make them talented. <laughs> 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 That's me talking shit. Um, can I? Sorry, I did swearing. You can but, swear. Oh. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can swear. If that, how, however you want to express yourself. Thank you so much. That's okay. <laughs> um, live, do you, is, it, is it an equal relationship producing and live performances or like where does that sit for you? I used to do live shows all the time and I don't do them very much anymore. Is that a time thing though? An um, energy thing? Yeah, maybe I'm too old now. <laughs> Maybe I'm too washed and people don't want to see me sing live. I don't know. But also half the time I get asked to do a live show, I'm like, can I do a DJ set yeah, instead? Because right. I don't know. My voice isn't what it used to be. No, it's, some, it's probably something different. Yeah, I don't know. I used to sing all the time and be a better singer than I am now. <laughs> It's all that vape nation. Well, I used to... I used to be smoke person. Oh, and nice. I'm not anymore. And when I was smoking is when I was doing all the shows. So <laughs> you're wrong. I, <laughs> I, I used to have to, I had like tied cigarettes to writing lyrics. So I was like, I have to be smoking a cigarette if I'm writing lyrics right now or True. else it's going to be bad. Yeah, I was a stoner. You were a stoner? Yeah. I was a huge stoner and I'm not anymore. How does that feel? Was it hard getting, like, was it weird getting dreams again? Oh, yeah. Like, I stopped smoking weed and got put on quetiapine, which is like a an antipsychotic that is known for giving you super vivid dreams. Wow. So I, like, doubled down on the dreams. I would, like, wake up and then write down my dream if I could remember it because it was so fucking real and scary and dreams, hate them. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Like I would write like pages like just detailing little parts of my dream that I'd remember because I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah, would that happen like quite a lot? Every night. Wow. For like months, maybe two months. I say months, but it was, yeah, probably two months. Like, <laughs> it's more than one month. What do you think's going on there? Like when you're like, you just fall asleep and your brain's just like, it's party time. I hate it. Yeah. Like chill <laughs> yeah. I just want to rest I don't want to be like you know 
working while I'm asleep. Like you, I, I yeah. want to be waking up and not having to think about anything. Like just be like, oh, new day, clear head, not, oh, I had a nightmare. It's yeah, ugh. awful, yeah. Are you are you good at turning off after a day? No. Yeah. Um, I will just like sit and turn on Netflix or actually I hate Netflix now. I've been doing Disney Plus quite a lot. So sit, turn on my show and try to fall asleep. Or actually recently I, I bought these fancy headphones and I've just been – and Apple Music has like um, lost this – Mm. quality now and i'm just i just like, saw that posted it's sick and they have like the dolby atmos thing as well which is like what do you think of that i haven't tried that out yet i think it's tacky yeah personally <laughs> right um i think if something is really well mixed in stereo it does a better job of like immersing you in something mm. than the dolby atmos which just sounds like someone's put like the ozone imager on it and like <laughs> Just like maxed it, you know. It it feels kind of gimmicky and something that's really well mixed in stereo sounds so much better than it's like a why do we need why do we need this? Why did we need stereo? Uh, (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We should just go back to banging sticks on rocks in caves. I agree. (laughs) That was the real shit, man. Yeah, well, like, now I really pay attention to mixes and I can, like, think that's a real good mix, like, panning, nice. Um, And before I just, like, didn't really pick up on that and now I do a lot. So, like, that new Lord song, don't think it's a good song, but I think it's incredibly well mixed. Like, I'm like, that's a sick mix. That sounds great, but, like, I don't like the song. Yeah, right. Yeah, I listen for mixes now, which is... It's a whole other vibe. Yeah. I'm like, my songs aren't as well mixed as I thought they were. Right. I think Stars is pretty well mixed. I think that's a really immersive song. And Apple should slap the Dolby Atmos <laughs> thing on it because it's more immersive than half their Atmos songs in um, stereo. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's got... I really liked the... um. The bass in that track, to be honest. Oh. For me personally, I'm like, it's really hard to make a good sounding bass that isn't just the only thing you hear. Bass is hard. Bass is hard. Bass is Writing bass lines is hard. Like, I always just use the, the deep sub bass, <laughs> like, <laughs> 90% of the time. Yeah. Well, like I'll layer it with like an electric piano that's just been like down to like, that's my secret. Electric piano with a little bit of distortion on it, doubled with the sub bass. Yeah. Where, where in your mixing journey are you now? Like what's the, what's the thing that you've kind of just, what's the last thing you kind of figured out and, and like now utilize? The ozone imager. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, yeah, just like seeing things as like more than just left and right and wanting to place things. Pretty much making a Dolby Atmos song. So like stereo field stuff. Yeah, like um, creating lots of depth 
and stuff, which I didn't really pay attention to a lot, but I really appreciate it when songs do that now. And I've realized that everything can be so much clearer if you do that. Yeah, right. And it's all about little tricks, you know. Like if you want to make something sound like it's coming here, you like put a little delay on it and put it on both sides. It just tricks you into thinking that it's there, but it's not. But it's almost like the sci- the more sciencey aspect, yeah, it's or real, like it's, brain aspect it, of music. It really is. I'm just like, hmm. I've moved beyond the creative part, and now I'm like looking at it like a problem. Did you imagine you'd? be where you are now listening to music this way and thinking about mixes and doing all that stuff? Like, is this kind of a natural journey for you or did you Um, think of yourself as, as a different kind of artist at the start? Well, yeah, kind of like when I started DJing, I started listening to songs differently. Like I would start hearing the beats and stuff and paying attention to that, like really stopped caring about lyrics and stuff. And then, yeah, I got more into art and, like, song structure and things like that. Um, And then I got more into, like, textures and stuff. And now I'm into the mix. Like, it's kind of, yeah, I've become more of a critical listener when I listen to music. And I have my fancy headphones now and I can do that. What headphones are they? The Neumann ones. Yeah. So you were saying before, before recording, you've turned into a little bit of like a Um, nerd. Yeah, nerd. Yeah. I didn't think that would be me, but (laughs) it is me. Because we should say you're working at Roundhead. I work at Roundhead and I am now one of those boys I used to make fun of for being all about the gear. (laughs) (laughs) Me before being like, I make good music without the gear. These boys just like spend all this money on gear and like that's how they make you know their music good but I'm like I get it I'm a bit of a nerd now but like I still don't own any gear yeah right you've just got access now I do have access now and I'm like oh this compressor (laughs) 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 because I realized like the stuff that I was using on my computer like say the Logic Opto compressor is modelled off of this real life plugin that we have at the studio, and I'm like, oh, that's <clears throat> I can get the real deal, and not like a copy. Yeah, buzzy. So yeah, just stuff like that. Just realizing that all these things that I like on the computer are modelled after real things, and I kind of got a little bit roasted when I called the rack gear real life plugins. And I'm just like, well, what do you call them? What are they if not real life plugins? Yeah. It is interesting because, like, do you think, you know, most people I know are, are, are like real analog plugins, <laughs> like rack stuff. It's kind of now the minority of spaces that music's made in right like it's expensive it's expensive so like but what happens to a thing when it becomes the when it goes from being the like everyone used studios and studio gear and now the tables have really turned on it where a certain segment uses studio gear when they have access to it and they don't like i I wonder if it will how if it would become like a niche thing or not 
Maybe there's just more people making music now. Definitely. Because, like, you can make music without being in a studio now and before you couldn't. And, yeah, like, maybe it's the same amount of people. Just, like, there's just new people that didn't exist before. That it, it's definitely democratized. Studios. Like. Yeah, I think studios are the bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> Does yeah. that your experience working there in a sense? Maybe. Yeah, cool. Strong, hard, maybe. Yeah, strong. <laughs> the maybes are getting stronger. Well, you have people that come in because they got funding and you have people that come in because they're signed to record labels and you have people that come in because they saved up the money or they can just afford to spend $1,500 a day on the studio, you know? Yeah. And that's the bourgeoisie. Has – have you found – like, one, did you have – do you think you had ideas about what the kinds of people like label signed bands and studios and stuff would, the kinds of people like would be or how they would do their thing? And two, like has that changed now that you're kind of a fly on the wall in a sense of that whole thing? Like have you have you had your like views or opinions changed on on anything working at Roundhead? Um. I guess the people that come in are kind of what I expected, but also I appreciate the process more and I tried recording live instruments and not MIDI and it was very hard, so yeah. I respect them more than I used to. <laughs> it's I think I think the use of like high quality like the abundance of high quality samples have tricked people into thinking or assuming that like recording instruments is, is also that easy. And it's just so not. <laughs> no, you got to get the take bam right done. You can't just like nudge things around like you can with MIDI. Like you think, oh, that chord could be a little different. It could be a little shorter or something. You just have to do the whole thing again. Yeah. And I'm like, this is inefficient. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it sounds great, but like it's only because you know it was recorded live in a studio. Like if, you know, people will make stuff on MIDI and no one could tell. Like these guys were like, oh, how did you record that guitar and that song? And I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I That's an electric piano plug-in. Yeah. With a guitar pedal thing on it, all on the computer. Like, does it sound like a real guitar? Absolutely. Is it? No. So, yeah, it's all about little tricks. And mm. it's fun being a wizard or whatever. Like, I, yeah, suddenly have access to all of this cool stuff and I never did before and I never, like, saw myself as needing it and... I still don't think I need it, um, but it's cool to have it. It's how I view it as I used, yeah, I view it as like there's there's gear can make people who don't know what they're doing probably better than other people who don't know what they're doing without the gear. Yeah, but a person who knows what they're doing can be good whether they've got the gear or don't have the gear. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think not having the gear forces you to be better. Reminds me of the like Jack White 
he he is this like it's like the small room or the little room idea or something. It's just like you need to like block off as much as possible to create the environment to be as creative as possible. Like like the idea of limitations. Which I, I, yeah, I totally get the idea of limitations. Like the less you have to make music, the more you're forced to be creative and do as much as you can with these little things. Yeah. And so do you think do you think you're in a learning phase right now and the music phase will come back in or do you think you've you've entered onto another path in a sense of like more of a producery working with people phase? Like do you have any sense of of where you are heading right now? I'm probably heading more towards the behind the scenes kind of stuff like I want to get into engineering and Like New Zealand's Rick Rubin is that always yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I'll, yeah, grow, just I'll grow the beard. You know? <laughs> I feel like there's probably I'd rather be Kanye West. Yeah, you know, right? He's a great producer, but he also has his own stuff. And like, it's not the greatest rapper alive, but he makes it work. It's like me; I'm not the greatest singer, but I kind of make it work. Like, he's got good taste and a good ear for talent as well. Yeah, I think he's. First and foremost, a producer, and I think he's an incredible producer. And I want to be like that. Mm. Love Kanye. Do you do you think is the is the producer space comfortable for you? Like the environment you're moving into? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I never really thought of myself as more than like a producer or like maybe even a singer or whatever but I definitely feel like more of a producer now um I mean I can play instruments sometimes if I feel like it I just don't usually feel like it so I've always just yeah just been into being on my computer (laughs) (laughs) whatever you know of course of course I don't think I'm ever going to be a live instrumentalist yeah I mean, am I going to play violin live in front of people? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. Do you find it, how do you find it like dealing with people in a, in a studio setting? Um, people are usually pretty nice to me because I like bring them coffee and stuff. Uh, give them their drug. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the little bitch of the studio. So I just help out and do stuff when people ask me to and... You know, that's appreciated. I think one of the good things about Roundhead is, like, the hospitality that we kind of offer and, like, we kind of, you know, take care of the people that walk through. Um, it's kind of homey, you know. And because of that, because of, like, the nice environment, people are usually pretty pretty sweet. It, like, sets the tone. Yeah, also, you don't want to, like, piss off the people that you're, like, you know, paying to do your shit. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? They're like, whoops, only recorded the left channel there. Oh, no. Sorry. Phase. Sorry. <laughs> was out of phase. Do you, do I still you, don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> people, oh, I was hoping you could explain that to me because I just, I'm only barely understanding really what 
compression is and when to use it and how to use it, barely. I think it should be used most of the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have what what have been like the standout moments for you working at Roundhead? Like things that have happened there that you've really really enjoyed. Um, my highlight was probably singing Credence Clearwater Revival with like the Finn family band. Um, you know, pretty cool having Neil Finn as your backing singer. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sharon playing bass, Liam on guitar, Elroy on drums, like. Just call me Alexa Finn. Oh. No, no, don't call me Alexa Finn. They'll be putting out like, like a that. solo EP, Alexa Finn. <laughs> <laughs> my my guitar guitar thing. Um, no, that's not. No, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, people are just like always playing around on guitars at the studio, but I play guitar left-handed, and there's no left-handed guitars. At the there's studio. no left-handed guitars at the studio. I've asked Neil to buy one, and he said no. Um, so. <laughs> They said, no, they usually just bring their own. And I thought, could be nice. Could be nice. I guess that would be pretty presumptuous of a left-handed guitarist to turn up without a left-handed guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, so where's your where's your 50s left-handed strat, you know? <laughs> Where is it? And I guess at a shove you could just Jimi Hendrix it and restring upside down. I strung a guitar for the first time. <laughs> Did you? How was that experience? Um, no one really taught me. They just told me to watch YouTube and do it. Like, is it a bit? Is it a bit like that where it's kind of just like we're gonna push you into the water and you're just gonna float? It's gonna be fine. Kinda sometimes I yeah. think like with stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But like you know, I made eight guitar cables one day. Holy with shit! Soldering, soldering iron. Had you soldered before? No. Wow. I mean, in science class in high school, maybe, but who I just remembers used one high to school? burn a hole in my like plastic ruler. That's what I did. Nice. <laughs> I tried to solder to get <laughs> some sunglasses that I broke, and it, <laughs> it didn't work. And I'm like, oh, science. <laughs> Damn. Then I got laughed at. I was like, oh, okay, so it was never gonna work. And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh. It just looked like soldering is not welding, turns out. Yeah, right. I thought it was. It does look very similar. <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, I can make a guitar cable if you need one. That's like, crazy. I'm impressed by that. I'm such a not a practical person. Yeah, I watched my, co -make, my co-worker make one and then I made eight after that and I was like, Yes, I'm actually a mechanic, you know. <laughs> what do you call it? Is it a mechanic? Electrician? Yeah. What, a music what's the word? I'm a music mechanic. There should be a word for someone that makes things, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is it carpenter? A carpenter. I think that's wood-based though, uh, you know. And a an upholsterer. Oh wait, locksmith. <laughs> that's like lock. <laughs> Oh God, I'm dry. Um, did you like? Do you ever think about not being in the music industry? Yeah, heaps. Yeah. And before I got this job, it was like definitely more of a thing. And I'm like, what should I do with my life? But now that I have like 
music stuff is like a day job, I'm like, sick. Right. This is kind of like what I want to do. And who needs that political science degree? Not me. <laughs> what was I going to do with that? Oof. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I went to uni and I didn't study music, um, but here I am working in music and it is the thing I love, I think. So, yeah, music is my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I do. Yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> it really is all I do now. Like I'll spend 12 hours in the studio and then I'll get home and like either listen to music or like maybe work on something. And then I'm just like, whoa, it's midnight. I haven't eaten dinner, but I've just spent 14 hours straight doing music shit. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, does that, is that, like, how does that impact your mental health in a sense? Because, like, is it, do you perceive that there's a lot of time to be spending at, say, a job, even if it's like, a, is it such a good job or because it's in the thing you're doing that it's actually kind of like a good thing anyway because you you want to be spending more time doing that or is it a different experience for you well like i used to work at daily bread and mm. um hospitality game yeah i like working at roundhead a whole lot more yeah um yeah just like kind of doing stuff that's adjacent to like your passions and stuff is just like way easier than spending that much time doing hospo and hospo is hard. Like yeah. I feel for everyone that does hospo, I've done it and it's hard. Like be nice to hospo people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't really imagine myself doing this stuff, but I am it's sick and I feel pretty lucky that I get to because I, yeah, I didn't study music and I kind of got this job without doing it and I feel bad for all the people that like studied for three years to get an internship or whatever at Roundhead and here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it just kind of like but you must have put you know you 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 because you must have put yourself forwards a bit like you must have wanted this job a bit to put yourself forward for it what was it the new zealand music commission internship did you actually know where you were going to land with that like you wanted to be at roundhead um i didn't know yeah that it right. was roundhead Okay, um, but it they, was like a studio. Yes, it's a world-class studio. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I, you kind of like you do an application and you choose three of the descriptions from the list of like 20 mm. and then they send off your application to the three and then Brownhead was the only one that like got back to me and I'm like, well, sick. It's probably the one I would choose if I knew who they all, like, were. Um, and did you – how, like, when you got in there on the internship, were you pretty quickly like, oh, I want to – I would I want to stay here? Are you, like – Nah. Nah, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. Like, I went from, like, not really working because I had quit Daily Bread. I was just like, I cannot do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, right. 
just chilling on the benny doing like little things here and there and then suddenly I like am working like I think my first week there I did like 60 hours wow and I was just like I can't do this yeah (laughs) I cannot do this like this is stressful all I do is do chores and stuff but like you get better at it and um it's way more chill now and yeah I do want to be there which is cool um but yeah no when I was when I first started I'm like I don't know if I can do this this is stressful um but I guess my body kind of adjusted to working full-time awful um (laughs) (laughs) I'm not made for full-time work yeah actually I think I'm made for like part-time you know casual but I'll take what I can get what are your areas outside of music that you find like safety and relaxing in Um, do you have any of those or is music everything yeah tv yeah you said you were on disney plus now and off netflix i'm watching desperate housewives okay is is it pure like why why the move to disney plus netflix is frustrating and everything on it is just like the same show regurgitated do you think do you think we're we're over netflix netflix is cancelled netflix is cancelled absolutely i still have it (laughs) (laughs) but do i do i use it no yeah right i don't know i share the account with my mom and i don't want to cut her off and so yeah I have neon as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like the HBO for New Zealand. Pretty much. That's all I've watched on neon is just HBO shows. Did you know there's new Gossip Girl on HBO? I think it's coming out today in America, so maybe I can watch it tomorrow. Is that a vibe? Are you excited about that? Absolutely. I love that shit. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I, I like TV. I quite like cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get called a petrol head. Uh, do you? Yep. I like film photography. It's pretty fun. What else? I used to like cooking, but I don't anymore. Um, you haven't really, it doesn't sound like you've got time to actually like get in. You know, it does take fucking time. It does. It's exhausting. And now that I have a job, I can afford Uber Eats. And yeah. that ends up being the deal every, not every day, but most days. Yeah. I'll like get home from work and it's 9 p.m. And I'm like, well, I'm not cooking. Yeah, eat at 10. Fuck that. I'll still be eating at 10 because of how long it takes. But <laughs> at what's, least I can just like sit down, you know. What's the go-to Auckland Uber Eats tips? Ziggle. Ziggle? Ziggle is my jam. Mm-hmm. It's on K Road and they do the best Korean fried chicken. Oh. It's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just like if you're not feeling like Ziggle, what's the others? Um, in the mornings, I'll either get Best Ugly Bagels or Bagel Love, depending which is on free delivery. Um, yeah, right. That's free, oh, kind of free delivery tip. Free delivery, just like look at the free delivery timer. You might as well, and then you can. You have to spend twenty dollars though, but you get free delivery. 
and it's kind of like the same as spending $14 on something and then having to pay like $6 for delivery, you know? Yeah, right. Is there like, is it in studio like life, is there like routine in terms of set times you're going to be eating and things or is it just like you're, you're really just grabbing whenever all the time? Kind of whenever. Yeah, right. So like days where it's like a band is recording and it's their first day in the studio, right? Like, so they might have like a three day booking or something. That first day, I probably won't get lunch until like two or three. Right. Um, yeah, it's pretty much depending on how stressy things are. Cause like, that's that yeah, whole sit up first day. Yeah. Like, checking, it mics takes and shit. a long time to set up drums. And I hate it. Yeah, drums. A <laughs> drums the worst. Drums are the worst. A drums the worst. Drummers aren't the worst. <laughs> just, just their drums. Just the drums. <laughs> just setting them up. Yeah, right. And also, when the drummer starts banging on the snare while I'm still putting mics up, those drummers are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um, do you if, if you if someone. What would be your like do like your don'ts of the studio? If you could like, if, are there like common things where bands come into the studio and and do certain things that you're like just don't do that? Where deodorant? Is that a big one? I have a really keen sense of smell. Right. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like you quit smoking and you have a keen sense of smell. <laughs> it comes right back. And I can't I can't deal with it. That's the thing I don't like. So sometimes people people come early and I hate that too. You don't like when people come early? No. Just come on time or slightly late? Come on time, come five hours late. That's what I... Early is surprising. Is that what it is? It's just like, I'm not ready. I don't want to... It's just like, I just got here and now I have to entertain you uh, when I was supposed to have another half hour like, of being able to sit and have my coffee. Like social time almost, but small talk time. A small talk time. No, it, it's fine, like... If they can entertain themselves, but like come at 10 if you're starting at 10. Come on time and wear deodorant. Yeah. There's a fucking shower around here. Have there, you ever just sent someone to the shower? Is and I have not. That's a great shower. I haven't used it. Have you used it? I was there the only time I've been there twice, but and I checked it out the second time I was there. I didn't use it, but I was there to see Connor Nestor. And when he was in there. Oh, did he work there? He had a little, he had officed out of there um, for a bit. Weird. And, and I did like a, took our turns to a little shoot with him. And Jordan was in there as well. Jordan Arts. No idea who these men are. Hi, hi, hoopsie. Boy. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, that's not cheated at the shower, yeah. Didn't get to use it, but I was like, one day. One day I'll be inside you. I think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm also like, I'd have to bring my own shampoo. It seems like a whole commitment, you know what I mean? Like, to, I mean, you wouldn't have to bring a towel. Like, we have towels and stuff, but like, you know, it's a lot of admin having a shower in a place <laughs> that isn't your own. Yeah. Like, I want to bring my face wash. I want to bring my, you know, body wash. I'd want to bring all mm. my own shit. Yeah, my first, my first time, the first times around here was just such a really weird, surreal thing because. Brad and I were in this band, took our tunes, and then we we moved to England for two years. But before we did that, his parents, not his parents, but 
his mom was like, oh, you know, it'd be great to get, you know, you could get some advice before you move over. Like maybe um, you could, maybe, what if you had like a coffee with Neil Finn? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, we could have a coffee with Neil Finn. Yeah, sure. And it turns out that Brad's family is like a really intense sailing family, like America's Cup level Awful. sailors. And cancel Neil. <laughs> Neil is a huge sailing fan. Awful Neil. <laughs> he fucking loves it. And um I love Neil, but I don't love that. Yeah. And and Brad's uncle Trey, uh, who was on the boat at the time, like Neil was like a big fan of it. So like somehow Trey was like, You, me and Brad are going to Roundhead. We're gonna go have a coffee upstairs at, at Roundhead. And I just sat there with Neil and, and, and Trey was like, so these boys are going to London for two years. And we're, I was like, he was like, cool, have a good time. And I was like, why are we here? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> There's no advice to give. He doesn't know the, who the fuck we are and what's happening. But it was very lovely that he was like, yeah, sure. I'll sit down with these. He was more just like, so Trey, how's the, um, how's the boat going? <laughs> yeah, Neil's pretty sick. He's like a great... Great guy. I don't really have coffee with him, but I bring him his coffee every yeah, morning. Um, and we play Guess the Animal because my latte art is quirky. Um, <laughs> Abstract, I believe, is the guess word. Guess the animal or is it a penis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm good at the onions. I try for the heart, ah. but I get an onion all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still in the hospital world. I'm, I know. I, I try to do like the fern thing. Mm. And sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it looks like a penis. <laughs> I used to work at Atomic Kingsland. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we order coffee from Atomic. You should go to Kind Stranger. It's a new, it's I a don't new, make the rules. Uh, it's, a new, it's a new cafe, right, where Hero used to be. Hero, the sandwich Sandwich place. bar. Oh. I've moved and there's a cafe in there that's fucking dope. Okay, yeah. I, I thought you meant, like, you should get... You know, find a kind stranger and no, no, no. You should you should buy your coffee there for Roundhead. And I'm like, I don't make those rules. <laughs> um, but uh, that's pretty good. Alexa's showing me some latte art. Yeah, that's way better than I can do. Really, that's actually well, like. I was gonna say I, there was a guy that worked there called um Leo. That's oat milk as well. Oh man, that's hard to do. It's hard. Um, Leo Lee, and he was the he was like an international latte art champion. Oh, yeah. And he would just be like, he would just sit on the machine and say, I'm only doing milk. Does, did not like, would not do. <laughs> I keep showing pictures of my latte art. I like that. I like that you've taken so many. I take them when they're good. Actually, I probably have a funny one because I remember making myself a coffee and it being absolutely awful. Maybe I'll and get. And then I had to make one for Neil and I'm like, has to be good. Uh... Look at that. <laughs> That looks like a deformed tomato on the left. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's not easy to Look do. Look at those bubbles. It's awful. Yeah, it's hard. But then. But what are you working with? That what was machine? All good. Are you working with like a? Is that how's the machine? Because it's that's half of the battle having a good setup. You know, um, it's not all human error. I can't remember the name of it. Probably something Italian. It's- <laughs> It's not, it's not that one that you find in all the cafes. Mm. 
the llamas Llamas yeah it's not that okay it's another one but it has three thingies on it <laughs> you know you yeah know sick. I mean? yeah yeah totally i'm a total nerd it's yeah like coffee we're all addicted i i agree um, <laughs> but i'd never made coffee before before like with an, with an espresso machine. Yeah, like right. I was an AeroPress kind of love filter coffee type person. I've and got then, an AeroPress at home. We have two at my flat. Oh, my God. Double 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 pump AeroPress. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, music and like altering brains as opposed like when you um, – do you have like a state of consciousness that you really prefer to be in when music is being made or you're interacting with music? Um, it's nice to be chill. Yeah. Um, or it's nice to be super hype. Like if you're listening to music in a club, like going dancing or whatever, like DJing, I want hype. Is that um, like a is is music like a sober experience for you now? Pretty much always. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it used that, to be like a marijuana kind of yeah. experience and absolutely not anymore. Do you find it did you did you find it, it, it any more jarring being sober in musical situations once you started doing that? Yeah, it was kind of an adjustment and I was like, whoa. But then I like kind of realized that hey, I can make music sober. It's fine. Well, what about the DJing in the like late night and the clubs and stuff like that is that um i would usually be generally sober for djing because i didn't want to be messy yeah and if i'm not then i do get kind of messy and i feel bad about myself um because there is kind of a there can be like a messy culture yeah like when you're listening to other djs and you're a dj and you're like that's a bad mix why aren't you eqing that you know, things like that. Yeah. And then when I'm DJing, I'm, DJing, I'm just like, this is a bad mix. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that bitch. Like, yeah, right. I'm no better. Like, whatever. I got. I remember I tweeted this thing a wee while back that I got a lot of like, not pushback, but a lot of people had a lot of opinions about, which is like the idea that music is a job, but we expect to be able to kind of like, be as inebriated on whatever we want to be on while we do our job and that that's like okay especially at especially at gigs like just being like yeah True. and like i guess accountants can't really do that eh? it's frowned upon it's kind of like a pick or choose professionalism it's like we want it to be we want it to be taken seriously but not this not this part of it we want to be able to do this part of it as much as we want. I mean, hey, if you're playing before midnight, do it sober. If you're playing after midnight, sorry. Fuck, no I cannot imagine playing people. after midnight, no. Oh, well. Is that, what's that like? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. 1 a.m. DJ set is the latest I want to do. If it's later than that, I guess I'll probably still do it, but I'll be dusty and I won't do as good of a job. So what's your ideal, like if, if, if you were like put on your own festival, so you got to pick where the Alex Casino DJ set was 
in terms of environment and setting and time, what would that be? I'd probably say like 11.30 to 1. Oh, yeah. Um, at the cool stage. <laughs> like are we, are we thinking like outside with nature around or are you in like a, are you in like a dungeon? Maybe outside with nature around if there's a good sound system. Mm. Otherwise dungeon, it's fine. Like <laughs> wherever, fine. Um, I'd want there to be a lot of people. Mm. I would rather play to a small space that's full than a large space that has like five people in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's all about the vibe. Is there a favorite vibey like space for you that you have DJed in in, in Auckland? Uh, DJing at Filth stuff is the best. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's nothing better. Um, like I love Filth. I love DJing them. I love attending them. It's it's pretty crazy what they've created with Filth. Yeah, like. Go Shaq and Jess, like, they've done great. And honestly, I've seen a lot of DJ sets in my short life. I'm very young. I'm still 19, you see. Um, but, like, the the best times I've had have honestly been at Filth seeing the local DJs and they are great and world class. And, I mean, I've had heaps of fun with, like, at, like, international DJ sets and stuff, but, like, I'd rather go to filth. Is it partly because of the community and the audience as well as the performances? Yeah, absolutely. Like a DJ will do a better set if the audience is on a great vibe. Like it pumps you up and you don't feel as bored. And (laughs) yeah, like I will do – a great DJ set if people are like having fun and dancing the whole time. Mm. And that's kind of all you want as a DJ. Yeah. And filth just does that. I love filth. (laughs) I love filth. (laughs) 11 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Um, DJs as tastemakers. Like is that, I remember talking to Shaq actually about, The fact that like real, if DJs are meant to be tastemakers, which I think they are in a sense, you know. They should be, yes. That the the spots and the ability for the, the good DJs we have here to be able to taste make and impact wider audiences is not really afforded anymore. Yeah, like, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I it, think it's Spotify's fault. You think it's like streaming because everyone's going there? Yeah, because, like, people can put on a Spotify playlist instead of getting a DJ. Right. People can find new music on Spotify just playing a song and then it does, like, their algorithm thing. Like, they don't need a DJ to, like, taste make for them. Mm. Whereas, I mean, I I love finding new music through DJ sets. Um I love watching a boiler room, shazamming it, shazam my friends' DJ sets. Like, absolutely. I think DJs are tastemakers for other DJs and not necessarily the general public. So, I mean, definitely some of them, but, like, 
Yeah, I I don't know. I think Spotify is more of a tastemaker these days. Which is so sad because like it is sad. I don't like it, but I think that's that's the buzz now. People are just gonna keep getting served the different versions of the same stuff that they already like. And that's what makes them comfortable. I don't know what it's like to be like that. I'm a real musician. Music is my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what it's like to be just like a casual listener who doesn't really care, just like wants something in the background. I was going to ask you that at the start when we were talking about mixing. Like, do you grieve as such a way over the top word, but do you like wish sometimes that you? could just hear music without being like, oh, yeah, that's panned and, oh, yeah, that, you know what I mean? That without having the fucking, like, brain switched on with it and actually just enjoy it, do you ever have that kind of feeling or you're like, no, nah, this is this is how it is and it's way better? Um, I guess sometimes, like, and if I want to do that, I'll listen out of something that's not headphones. Like, I'll listen to something on my laptop speakers Oh, that's a good way to do it. You know, just play it on something and then all you pay attention to is like the music and the melodies. Like take away those, those, yeah. It's not hi-fi anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Like if you listen to something on MacBook speakers, you can hear like really intense panning, but you can't hear the nuanced stuff. And yeah, if I want to do that, I'll just do that. I guess. Would you check mixes on lap on laptop speakers? Yeah, I mix on laptop speakers. You mix on laptop speakers? A lot of the time. Headphones as well? Yeah. Since I started working in the studio, I will mix on those monitors as well. Yeah, right. Um, I mix in my car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mix in my AirPods. You got to just keep switching between all the different things to make it sound good on all of them yeah because i'm i'm purely stuck on headphones that's just not a way to live use your <laughs> macbook speakers i'm learning this i'm a yeah. real slow learner though i think when you when i hear like a mix that i think could be a lot better i'm like this was just done in headphones and i bet it sounds incredible on that pair of headphones that it was made in but that doesn't translate to other things so that could just be a bad master as well. I don't know. But. Yeah. So if you've got the mix sounding really good on headphones, is it a compromise between – Do you, when you change things to make it also sound good on a laptop, is it a compromise – does the process compromise between it sounding less good on headphones but better on more things? Or can you – Is if you're actually – is there a skill level of mixing where you can be like, I can make it sound as good as I want it to make it on headphones and everything else? Yeah. Yeah, that – Fuck. I reckon really well-mixed songs will sound great on everything. And, yeah, like, the thing about headphones is usually the bass is just, like, real intense on headphones. And the sound field, whatever it's called, is way more intense on headphones. And it's not until you listen on monitors that, you're like, oh, I need to change that. Right. I prefer mixing on headphones. I think it's more comfortable and I like it because I'm used to it. 
love mixing on headphones, but I don't think it should be the only thing you mix on. And I think you should mix on your laptop speakers as well. What's the What's the biggest thing that people mixing could actually learn that would change their mixer's quality for the better? Panning. Straight panning? Panning, yeah. yeah. Panning everything? Pan everything. Have specific things in mono and then pan that. Yeah. I used to think panning was tacky, mm. I'll be honest. Right. I was like, nah, tacky, don't need to do it. <laughs> I realized what panning can really do and panning separates things so that they sound clearer. And if you're like listening on speakers, you can't really notice the panning, but you still get like the benefits of that clarity from the panning, I think. Who knows? I could be talking shit. Do I know what I'm really talking about? No. Did I learn how to mix properly? No. <laughs> I did trial and error, but like that's my hot take. Yeah, but I think people would, if people didn't know you, they would like, and but just read what you're doing on paper, they'd be like, oh, this person spends a lot of time around like high performing, um, high quality shit going on, you know? And like learning on the job at one of the probably more intense jobs in that field in the country. So, best studio in the country. It's not nothing. It is the best studio in the country, I, I hear. I haven't really been to other studios. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I really stepped foot inside a studio. Like, I was bedroom bitch. And so, do you think, are you, when you're there, are you like actively being like, is there like a, you know how people have a dream home or like they look at other people's house and like, oh yeah, I'd have that in my home, whatever. Have you, are you building like a mental dream studio in your head now? No. No. Yeah, sick. Definitely not, no. Yeah, no. I'm just like, uh, maybe. I don't know, it seems like a lot of work. Like the Roundhead Studio A, they used a crane to get the mixing desk oh, in there. Horrible. You know, it's mm. intense, like... I'm just like, mm. It's not. Too much. Would you have like you dreams of your own room, your own yeah, thing like built a, for yourself though? Yeah, maybe like a, just a control room. Like I wouldn't need the actual studio itself. But like, I don't know. I was kind of tossing up between buying monitors or nice headphones. I mean, I had fine headphones before, just, you know, those audio technical ones that every boy has. Um Exactly. But now I have these incredible ones. <laughs> Next and level. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, wow, music. Sounds, <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, and I was like, well, I hear that if your room isn't treated, there's really no point in having monitors because they're not going to be flat. And you need flat monitors to mix things properly. And I'm just like, that's a lot of admin. Mm. What if I move house and I have to like treat my room again? In this precarious rental situation we live in. Probably also ugly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not aesthetically pleasing. No. That's a big no for me. That's a Absolutely big yikes. Absolutely not. And then I'm just like, well, what's the point? <laughs> what is the fucking point? What is the point in having good monitors at home unless... Especially when you have access. You can like any mix, you can be like, or I'll take it into a round head and then have a listen. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what I do. I know how to set up an aux cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've been 
trying to force myself to use Pro Tools and it is hard and confusing and I hate using a mouse. I bought a trackpad (laughs) (laughs) to use um, when I'm using the computer. Like it's better but like it's still Pro Tools. It's like it's a bit of a mind fuck. I'm just like why aren't things easy? Because it's like modeled after like – the actual discs and signal flow and shit like that. Yeah, but like things that I can do so easily in Logic just takes so much time on Pro Tools. I mean, I guess once I really know how to use it, I'll be fine, but like people use keyboard shortcuts all the time. Yeah. And like you can do all that stuff by like right-clicking on Logic, you know? And you you can't do it on Pro Tools. It's hard. Like, there's, it's too much. But I'll get there because um, I need to get there. Because that's the, like, that's the uniform studio software, eh? Yeah, like, you you got to learn it if you want to work in studios, I think. And I want to learn it. And hopefully one day I'll think, this is better. Because <laughs> I'll, I mean, who likes doing things they're not good at? Not me. I like winning, you know. You are a winner. Yes. <laughs> I you, agree. Is there like a is there like a grand ambition or are you just enjoying life as it happens? Yeah, I think it's good to not have two big goals because all you get is disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just like try not to imagine more than a month. <laughs> I mean if something big's going to happen to you, it'll happen. Yeah. But, like, if you're, like, constantly trying to do one thing, you're going to miss out on other things. Like, you're not going to live your life to the fullest and I'm being philosophical and stuff. You I- know? But I think, yeah, if you if you just, like, have one goal, you become the horse with the blinders, you know, and you mm. can't see other things. And I think you need those other things to get to your goal anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. You've got to be a well-rounded person, you know, learn people skills, you know, be comedian, <laughs> stuff like that. Because that's what's going to get you faces. Like, yeah. I think that's why they kept me on at Roundhead because I have a dazzling personality, yeah. you know. Because I still don't know how to do shit. <laughs> That's not true. You can you sold it eight guitar leads. I did. Yeah. But I think I'm still such a noob. And I think when they 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 were telling me that I, you know, they wanted to keep me on and then Neil was there and he said, You have the most unusual personality and I said, Thank you. And he was like, I mean that in the best way. <laughs> We love your sense of humor. And I'm just like, yeah, this is a personality contest. (laughs) And I've used my charm and now I have a job. So, yeah, you know, you got to work on that other stuff, I think. Well, I think that just says that you've got the hard stuff worked out already. You know, I can fucking learn how to use Pro Tools. Anyone can learn how to wrap a cable properly. Anyone can learn how to do that shit. And I can learn latte art, bro. Well, you know, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. 
Maybe master of three or four. Who knows? There you go. One day. Yes. I mean, sweepstake fucking rules. Yeah, it's the best song ever created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's is great there gonna song. how how much longer? It seems to be almost like an Alexa Casino song a year. <laughs> um, True. D- is there how is there any plan of more Alexa Casino music coming? <laughs> is it just kind of on the? Is that you got other things in your life that you're focusing on at the moment, or? Um. Yeah. So I've had this song. It's been pretty much finished since February. Um, it's with Polly Hill. Um, it's like an Alexa Casino feat, Polly Hill. Beautiful. It's a pretty sick song. It's kind of experimental, probably won't do very well on the radio charts. Um, but I think it's a great song. I think it's beautiful and it slaps for half of it. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to get in and re-record my vocals on the, you know, fancy microphones and stuff. But every time I try, I like sound like shit, and I'm just like, no, hate this. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I could have put it out ages ago, ages ago, but I haven't, and I don't really want to put it out yet like you you're gonna put it out when you you like you'll know when it's time for it to come out yeah maybe yeah i get that vibe yeah um what else have i got i made a remix for amugi oh cool which who knows when that's gonna come out as well yeah i don't know but like i i've got stuff i've been sitting on an album since 2018 (laughs) I've released like some of the songs off of that, but like I was like ready to put it out, and then I like got a manager who said started playing the game. Yeah, who said you know just put out singles, and I'm like yeah okay, and so it's probably going to be an EP now, but yeah, I don't know. I want to I want to work with other people. Yeah, I guess. And Alexa Casino has taken. A seat on the back burner. But if you produced, would would Alexa Casino be the name of the producer as yourself? Do you think if you were like, say say someone came to you like, I want to do this album, I've got these songs and I'd like to go onto the studio with you as the producer, would it be produced by Alexa Casino? Or do you think you'd, is that a separate thing? Or is that something you haven't really thought about? Yeah, I reckon it would just be Alexa Casino. I think you it's know, sick. Direct them to my other stuff if they yeah. want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe DJ Snake Legs was like a club thing, but also. <laughs> I love that name, DJ Snake Legs. I also love it. Yeah. I think it's. Great. I couldn't, I, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell if that was, if it was like real or a joke for all, like, not, not in a sense of the name, but like if you ever even, like if that was just on an, an Instagram only thing for a long time, but it's not. No, nah, I'm DJ Snake. And Legs. I love that. A lot of people just try to do Alexa Casino DJ set, and I'm like, no, please do DJ Snake yeah. Legs. And it's spelled like this. Yeah, Snake Legs. <laughs> is it a snake with legs or is it having snakes for legs? I, I read it as oh. it was literally just the legs of snakes, so the snake wasn't even there. Whoa. Yeah, Snake's Legs. Do snakes have legs? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, but that's, they're busy DJing. 
True. <laughs> I don't know. It's a funny name, I think. It's like entertaining for me personally. I think it's good. I think it's like a little bit silly, but I don't care. Which is weird because you're so serious all the time. I know. <laughs> Um, Were you being a jokester? Yeah, I was, that was me being a jokester. That was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any plugs for now? I guess is the mm. uh, ghost stream post humorous by Polly Hill. Oh, <laughs> that that needs the tape prize. Uh. That needs the silver scroll. Is that the same thing? Tape and the silver scroll. It's not the same. It thing, needs no. both of them. It needs the Grammy. I'm very curious. I will say everything. I'm very curious as to as to what the Aotearoa Music Award uh, nominations are going to look like this year. Well, it won't have me on it, that's for sure. Oh, um, maybe not this year, mate. But you know, if we put that bloody album out sometime, you know, I always mm, I always maybe. thought the point of making music was was showing it to people. But I uh, I'm amazed over and over that I meet people who seem to tell me that it's not that way. It's it's about keeping it secret until. Um, Someone in the industry wants to hear it. <laughs> nah, it just gives me anxiety to release music. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Bring back Media Fire and just upload it there. Mega upload. Mega upload. Where boy. you at? Kim.com. Kim. Where are you? Like, I won't even put stuff up on SoundCloud anymore. I'll put mm. it up on Bandcamp so that you know two people can buy it for like a dollar. But and shout out to those two people. They're the real ones. Thank you. <laughs> I well, wish I could say thanks, mom and dad, for buying my music, but have they? <laughs> no. They have not. They're waiting for the album. No. <laughs> I don't think they will. My dad's come to see me play once mm. and he refused to pay to get in. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, don't expect them to. Actually, my mom probably would. Maybe if I asked her to. And I probably wouldn't let her, but I don't think my dad would. No, they'd pay for six sixty though. <laughs> I don't even think my mum likes six sixty. <laughs> oh, people on the podcast weren't there for our six sixty conversation. Before. No, that's exclusive content that True. they don't get access to. Yeah, they got to sign up to our OnlyFans to get our access to the pre-podcast um, <laughs> content. Yeah, I guess spoiler alert. It's not just me that doesn't really care about 660. <laughs> <laughs> Big spoiler alert. That's that's the gist. It's you and Helen Clark. Does she not like 660? Well, she didn't want them to play at Mount Eden. Not Mount Eden, Eden Park, sorry. Oh. She was the one leading the community charge against concerts at Eden Park. As, as Honestly, a, get a grip. A, Who cares? A, a, as an ex-minister of arts and culture should. Who cares? <laughs> Um, thanks so much for coming and hanging out. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for being on the two days compilation as well. Thanks for having me on that. Cause too. like your, your track was, I would say like unique amongst all of the 30 songs we had on there. I mean, so it was really cool. Sorry to Sorry if you expected me to put vocals on. That. No, no, no. <laughs> that was just not a thing. That I was liked it. Happen. For me personally, I always, I d like, I don't want that to just be his. 10 pop songs made with splice samples, you know? And that's the like challenge for me every, every year is like, how can I get people involved who are gonna in 48 hours make something 
different. And mm. for me, yours was exemplary of that. And I, I'm very, th- I'm very thankful for that. There were no spice samples on that. Yeah, great. I um, I sampled me frying chicken on that. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's like a bubbly sound. It sounds people probably just think it's water or whatever, but it's actually fried chicken. <laughs> fried chicken bitches. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you. Harko meets humans. New podcast every Sunday. Uh, go say hi to Alexa at Roundhead Studios. Or don't. Try the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 